What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. There once was a man named Gold Roger, who was king of the pirates. He had fame, power, and wealth beyond your wildest dreams. Before they hung him from the gallows, these were the final words he said. Our perspective is yours for the taking, but you'll have to join us first. We left everything we debated at the Yonko table. Ever since, pirates from all over the world set sail for the Grand Line, searching for the Yonko table, the table that will make their dreams come true. Yo! Yeah, yo, yeah, yo, everyone. That is the voice of your Yonko host, Dr. Jace Attorney. And we are returning to another retrospective of the sequel trilogy of Star Wars. What can we say? We are in Star Wars fever. We covered The Force Awakens not too long ago. We... By the time you're listening to this, we should have already released Mandalorian Season 3 premiere for Episode 1. And, well, the title of this pod episode is, is, is in itself, The Last Jedi. We are talking about Star Wars Episode 8. Yes, Episode 8, The Last Jedi. Um, definitely a polarizing film. Has its division in the fandom. You have people that love it. You have people that really hate it. Uh, some people are kind of in the middle, some, but uh, probably one of the more polarizing films out there. But with me, as always, is fellow Yonko Grandmaster Who. Grandmaster, are you going to bring it, Chrome Dome? Oh, God. I can't believe you <laughs> quoted that. It's your background. Um, it's literally your background. No, I. you're right. I just forgot it was a... a uh, a quote jesus uh i'm i i'm gonna bring it uh goodness let me see if i can match that quote how about uh um i don't i don't need hot shot pilots i need leaders i don't know i got nothing I, say it like that I, was, I, I got nothing i don't know i'm gonna bring it as a leader not a hot shot pilot come and get it no, but that's Force Awakens. Correct. Uh, but you heard his voice, folks. We have Nino Desplazado coming in and steering this ship into the sequel trilogy. He assisted us greatly with The Force Awakens as we trudge through the stormy waters of the first introduction to this sequel madness. But now we are tackling what many consider the most important film in any trilogy, the second film. It's it's the bridge between the introduction and the conclusion. Uh, Nino, take it away. Where where does our voyage begin with the Last Jedi? Well, it's so funny that you mentioned that because I looking back on this, it was relatively quiet for a lot of the like the anticipation of this movie. I think Disney marketing wise they were like you know what's going down we know you want this we know you want answers so you we're not gonna like you know push this as hard as you know 
the previous movie. So they had like a few trailers. They had some, you know, really good marketing in terms of like the posters were. I like the posters. The posters were great. Like the red and white theming. Very good. And and you had like the character posters, which were all like the uh, the last poster was very messy, like very, very messy. Oh, the the, the white. Oh, no, the 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 blue and the red division down the middle. Yeah. Yeah. And this, I feel like this movie is like at least the the posters and the marketing, like it had a theme, and that's what this movie's about themes. <laughs> so, you know, people were afraid. People were definitely afraid. I think at the time that this was just going to be a retread, that Disney was just going to cash it in. Okay. Um, they were like, "Oh yeah, um, the Force Awakens. It was great, but it was just Episode Four. What you know this? What what's to say this one's not episode five again? And you know, I think people were just really excited that Mark Hamill would actually get a speaking role in this movie. Um, <laughs> right. He was not on. He was not on the press tour for the last movie, and I guarantee you, Disney did not want him on the press tour for this movie. But in the end, I think there's nothing else to say but just to go in it. You know what? We know why we're here. Everyone knows why we're here. Let's go where we left off. So first, I think the first big major change is like the director, um, Ryan Johnson. He's big now, big now, but really big. He has he's had a couple movies at this point under his belt. He had Looper. Any fans like of Looper? Looper. Yeah. Looper was good. Really yeah. Looper. yeah. Definitely enjoyed Looper. So he he's always been someone that likes to like write and direct he likes to be involved in the writing process and it's important to mention him because we need to like once we everything that was revealed after like in interviews i think it's important to mention how his footprint was left on the film for better or for worse you look at all his movies now and you're wondering why there was such a backlash back then but you know knives out glass onion those are all good movies you know Good movies that people enjoy now. So, right, but yeah, three storylines in this movie. Three, three big storylines in this movie. Um, we're just gonna go by the characters that they're attached to. Uh, there's okay. Finn's storyline, there's Ray's storyline, and then there's Poe's storyline. Uh, what this movie does great in this opening scene was this big action set piece which was like very reminiscent of another film it was like definitely like a a japanese i forget what it was but like a japanese world war ii film um because of just how it was like structured yeah Uh, i would say it was very like this whole movie is just very reminiscent of um kurosawa's films um kurosawa did um he did seven samurai i believe he also did another movie he very famous japanese director very famous there is no star wars without kurosawa yes that's exactly right and i think this movie tries to like really hone that in um because of something we'll get to later but so i think this big battle happens and you know poe kind of i think we're just going to start with poe's storyline because it's easiest that's the one we start with in the movie um, Poe's like, no, we gotta take out that fighter. We need it because it's like, they, it, this movie suddenly it's a cares. Dreadnought. Yes, this movie suddenly cares about numbers in Star Wars when it's never like cared about numbers, which is interesting. 
you know, well, like I mean, logistically. They, they did this thing in the intro that kind of, I, I remember people talking about it back then and I still kind of felt the same way going into this movie. Um, they paint a picture that the resistance is now like on the losing side. Um, and it's such a stark contrast from where we left them off with in Force Awakens. We we destroyed their base, Star Killer base. That that was huge. That was a huge W. But now they're on the run, and it's I don't. It was always something that bothered me going into Last Jedi. It was just kind of like an eyebrow raise. Like, so wait, we're losing now. Uh, it was very well because it. Dare I say this movie takes place directly after they it blew takes up place Star like, yeah, it yeah. takes place like a couple if not a couple of days because like Kylo Ren still has his scar Finn's but... in the, the back the back to tank right yeah. and um... yeah it's 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 weird coming off of that grandiose win and then seeing them well one it really puts things in perspective the resistance is small they don't have a lot of people yeah like <laughs> It was, um, it was definitely strange. It was, strange. and I don't think anything in the Force Awakens would make you think the resistance was small. Uh, but then obviously it was like, okay, Star Killer base is dead, but the First Order still kicking. Like they, it was hardly a loss for them, you know. But again, a lot of this this movie does suffer from. I have to now deal with the consequences of what was set up in the last movie. Um, because the, there's a big reason why um, this movie takes place directly after, but we can't get into that because we'll get into that with Ray's storyline. Um, because the the last movie did end on a cliffhanger. It did. Why did it end on why Why did it end on that cliffhanger? Right, literally off, right. right next to a cliff. Who knows? Do you know? I don't. <laughs> it was next to a cliff. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Okay. So. Poe is like, we need to take out this dreadnought. And, you know, it's very stylistically very interesting. Um, they keep going with the, like, visually showing, like, the desperation of war and fighting a war, which they did in this, the, they did in the last movie. The first scene in the last movie was very, very impressive. And now this movie does very similar things, but just in a different setting um, and, like, different context. But they, they accomplish very similar things. Um, but Poe was just like, yeah, let's take it out. Boom, blow it up the dreadnought. But then a whole bunch of their their side gets blown up. And then <laughs> the I, I think there was like a good uh, scene transition where he like just looks at the camera and then Leia smacks him. And you just hear the oh, smack and he's like, you're yes. demoted. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that. It was yeah, it, I, it definitely sets up Poe's arc uh, because... They lost, and I, uh, the scene does it really well. Leia's looking at the monitor, looking at all the bombers that are, you know, not coming back. Right. And it's a good chunk of them. Yeah. And uh, they, I think it was a really good, well, the way they shot it. And it sets up, yeah, Poe's arc. What's it mean to be a leader? What's it mean to be a hotshot uh, pilot, you know? And... Yeah. uh I think it was a good setup for his arc. Uh, R.I.P. to Rose's sister, whose name is unimportant. Paige. Uh, Paige. Paige. Her name's Paige. I'm pretty sure it's Paige. Yeah. Oh. Terrible well, Star Wars name. Well, well, well funny enough. Uh, right up there with Ben. The only reason why I remember it's Paige is because uh, I was playing Lego Star Wars in, in tandem with with watching the Last Jedi, and I thought Paige 
was Rose because I forgot her name. And I'm like, oh, this is that's the love interest for Finn. I don't, I don't remember her name being Paige. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Nino said, don't jump ahead now. Don't yeah, jump ahead. We're, we're on Poe's storyline right here. Right. Whoa. Right. We're on Poe's. So he he gets demoted by Leia, and Leia's a very central figure of his arc in this movie. I like that. I like that Leia is playing more of a, a focus. Um, there are a couple of scenes that he, he meets Finn waking up, and he's like, oh my god, Finn! Um, again, Romantic and sexual tension are there. They, they, okay. I'm, I'm okay. convinced. I, I did not see it in this one. I, I saw it in the last one. I saw it in Force Away. I saw that 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 look up and down that Poe gave uh, Finn. He was like, "Hey, it looks it, the, the 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 jacket looks good on you, man." And I'm like, "Okay, that's something." But <laughs> he just got out of the back to tank. He's like, "Oh, great, buddy, you're awake." I I don't know. I I didn't see it here. I, I I didn't see it here. That's fair. That's fair. You'll see it in the next one because they definitely <laughs> they definitely had like a secret agreement. They're like, we're just gonna play this character, you know, these characters like that. Um, and they did fight for it at some point. But um, they, you know, Finn does his own thing. We'll get to Finn. <laughs> we'll get we'll get to right. But right. Um, Poe kind of uh, the ship blows up. There's a scene with Kylo Ren where he's like about to blow up the ship but he feels his mom is on board and then he blows and then someone else blows up the ship after he decides not to and then everybody memed this in this, that year it came out everybody uh, memed I it I remember it and it, um, she's just floating in space and then she just <laughs> opens her eyes reaches out and floats to the thing I, I loved seeing that I loved seeing Leia use the force um, in this movie I'm I wanted it for a long time. I think they did it well in this movie. She did not. So this is a fun fact, which will be important in the next episode. She did not want to be a Jedi traditionally. She wanted to be like a force user, like someone who knew about the force, who could use the force, but didn't like have a lightsaber, didn't follow Luke's path. You're saying this is established in the next movie? Oh, no, th that that's not established. She was saying like between movies she that's how she wanted it carrie um, fisher was saying that yeah yeah, yeah. oh okay and All ryan right. johnson like was like okay we'll work it into the script and he was very like he and her her were very protective of the role and in the next movie it kind that kind of goes out the window um, but right right yeah so she uses the force um to pull herself and now she's in a coma um and then we get introduced to like pose antagonist in this film which is admiral hall haldo played by laura dern oh yeah Ooh, admiral wait. haldo ellie 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 look ellie <laughs> <laughs> everyone's but... favorite admiral haldo i remember admiral haldo being like the th the the go-to thumbnail on any youtube video that yes, was and she's like making dunking. that face and she's like yeah yeah i know exactly which video you're it's, talking about it, it was videos just yeah like everyone i mean obviously people had a lot more problems with the last jedi but admiral holdo was the focal point like oh man we we really hate admiral holdo um i think it was a little bit over exaggerated uh how much people hated her but i think there was some merit as to 
what people disliked about her character, which I imagine we'll get to as her her role develops a little bit more. Because uh, yeah. she's just introduced right here once Leia's out of commission. Yeah, and she kind of puts Poe in his place. To be fair, Poe's in the wrong. Poe is like extremely in the wrong. Um, he's like he, but at the same time, she's not letting him in on the plan. So there's a plan, but we don't know what it is. And we find out in in this movie that they can track people through hyperspace. Uh, and on the first order ship, Kylo Ren goes back. They can track people through hyperspace. This is an important plot point that changes the entire dynamic of the movie. Because they can travel through hyperspace, right? They or they can track people through hyperspace. They have to adjust the plan. Poe is like freaking out. Like they can track us. Oh my god, we need to figure out a plan. So he goes with Poe and they get Maz Kanata on like a thing on a hologram and she's like I have your answer you must find the code breaker the code breaker in this and, and Poe's like yes and I'll handle things here and figure it out but the more lives are lost in Poe's storyline and I'm just speeding through Poe's storyline because a lot of it is sprinkled out throughout the next two chunkier parts of the movie um, so Poe is kind of going back and for forth with Haldo until finally he like gets towards a mutiny, right? And he's like, "Yeah, we. I need to give Finn more time so that he can get the code breaker and, and you know stop ships." It was this whole like very specific plan that could only work if Finn had woken up. Um, so again, very contrived plan, but. He stages a mutiny. He tries to figure out some like a different way to, you know, give Finn more time and to go against Haldo's plans. But then Haldo regains command of the people who threw up a mutiny. Big explosion happens, very smoky. And who wakes up? It's Leia. Leia wakes up, shoots, shoots Poe, knocks him out. That was one of the best scenes in the movie. I honestly, I honestly. Well, Leia so. knocking out Poe. Yeah, him. she's shooting. She set it to stun, and he was like, "Leia, boom!" right in the face. I was like, I, I, I laughed. Um, but then Poe gets on this ship with her, and Leia tries to impart this lesson, like, "Oh, she was more. She was. She is going to." offer herself up as a distraction with the main ship and then the smaller ships which they're not looking for right now are going to go safely to another planet where they can't detect us it's a it's a good plan um and she kind of drills drives it home like she was caring more about haldo was caring more about saving everybody and like not risking lives than looking like a hero which was pins pins pose Pin. good uh yeah. good Good, good romance name. name. Oh, yeah, wow. ship name. Yeah. Look at that. Um, but this was Poe's arc in this film about being a hotshot, needing to feel like he needed to go out in a blaze of glory. Um, needing to feel like he needed to fight. He was given the Marty McFly treatment in Back to the Future 2. Who are you sure. calling chicken? That that it's true. No, no, like, it's it's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but that's again, uh Poe was an actual character in this movie. Um, in the last one, he was just... He was just the ace pilot. He's a caricature. 
Yeah. He's yeah. the ace pilot. Yeah. That's, that's all he was. Basically it. Um I I say he has a bit of an arc. Yeah, for he, sure. Oh, he does. In, he in does. This one. Yeah. He he, um, he has an arc. Uh Are we are we cutting it here as far as Finn's arc? goes no, finn you mean oh wow. sorry yeah. are we are we, we cutting it right here we that. we definitely are because that then we're going to get to the climax and that's when everything kind of meshes together right okay the writing really shines all right i just, uh, I, I just want to go back real quick on a couple of points yeah uh i think poe's arc is actually kind of strong in this film uh i mean again like y'all said it's more arc than he had in the first one uh to uh yeah the the code breaker plot i think this is the first time we ever see star wars kind of more or less delve into a a, a, a b story uh it definitely sets up i feel like a b story um with the code breaker and everything uh everything that like I, a c story a fun oh even worse a c story there's three uh, separate plots in this movie, yeah. There's and three I, separate storylines. And you, I, and that's that's I feel that's a lot for Star Wars, and I don't know if it necessarily works. And obviously, when we talk about Finn's story, we'll, we'll get into it. Um, I do like the dynamic between Poe and Haldo. However, I I don't know how I feel about Laura Dern. I love Laura Dern in Jurassic Park. I love her in Little Big Lies. I don't know if I love her here in Star Wars. Um, it was a little off-putting for me for something. I I didn't buy Admiral Haldo. Is it that's Admiral Haldo who saved all the people? Yeah, on... didn't they do that? Didn't they, they do did that? do that? They did. They <laughs> I, did do that. Yeah. Um, the Admiral Haldo. I'm like, where's Admiral Akbar? I, I Akbar I'll died in that first explosion. He did die in the. Explosion. No, he did not. He wasn't yeah. he in the he next did. one. No, no he, he was. He was on the bridge with Leia, oh, and yeah. he died on the bridge and when. They made a point to be like Akbar's gone. Leia's out of commission. I'm like, damn, Akbar. <laughs> um, not Akbar. But yeah, to your point too. This plot thread is not necessarily. It's only needed to promote Poe as a character because withholding the information from Poe, there's no logic in that. There was literally no logic. Uh, I mean, without that, that segment, you don't even have the other plot thread no, that right. we haven't gotten into. The the, the Finn plot thread. If, if you don't have Holdo withholding information... Finn story like there's no arc with with or not not even arc there's no there's no second plot with Finn and Rose going off to Kate is it Kate Bank Kate Kate whatever the the casino oh plan. yeah ca uh, yeah Banto um, Banto yeah. Canto bite Canto bite Canto bite yeah. right but but we'll we'll get there but I I oh man I wish I would have saw the the other video because it was a video that broke it down perfectly about these three plot threads and it kind of goes like this they were like they were focused more about these three main characters and having two characters that kind of advise them and um, to challenge their worldview that they have coming into this movie and then someone that directly opposes them so there's like an advisor and then an antagonist and leia is kind of the advisor and haldo is the antagonist 
and I feel I feel that Ryan Johnson did he wanted to put more women in Star Wars. I think that's the main thing. He wanted to put more women in Star Wars, and Not I'm going to say I'm going to say it. If Admiral yep. Akbar was put in the same the same position as Haldo, very similar lines, just general like Admiral Akbar, no one would have a problem. No one would have a problem with they they would be like Oh my God! Why did why can't you just listen to Admiral Akbar? I it's disagree. Admiral Akbar. I disagree too. Because the I if you the whole point of uh the Finn storyline of them withholding information is like there's no purpose in withholding it. Just to get Poe in line, tell him to shut up and be like, listen, this is what I'm doing. This is this is what the plan is, and then that entire thing with Finn and Rose doesn't even happen. Uh, did we need Admiral Akbar to be what Admiral Holdo's position was? No, but at the same time, it's like I I don't think there's something there where it's like if Admiral Akbar was doing it, then no one would have a problem. I know I would still have a problem because the logic is why are you withholding this information? I just I just think that with the amount of hatred this character specifically got um, for something that is not necessarily uh, like uh, unfortunately. This movie came out in the age of uh, post cinema sins, and that that post that and yeah, post cinema sins. That that YouTube channel yeah, is yeah. honestly just ab like absolutely terrible for any like critiquing anything because it became such a thing, that, such a meme to dunk on things that don't make sense in movies, but movies had never fully made sense to begin with. So they just dunked on Admiral Haldo because I think because not only because it was a glaring issue in the movie, but it was more pronounced because it was like, oh, the purple haired feminists are taking my Star Wars. That and that's what it is. Think about it. Think about all the think about all the woman characters in Star Wars. Everyone hated Ahsoka when Ahsoka came out. Ahsoka was annoying. Uh, season one, the Soko was not that good. She had some strong moments, but she and, she had to grow into it. And she grew. She true, grew. True, true. But at the same time, Ahsoka was a child. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it, it was and, acceptable in the sense of she was a child. She's being an annoying child. Um, so and yeah. I'm, sh I'm sure that there is. I'm sure that there is a lot of. I'm sure that if we go back into the prequel trilogy, we'll find a lot more like instances of this. But I, I generally don't think that Admiral Haldo, if if Admiral Haldo was replaced with Akbar, people wouldn't have as big of a problem. I'm gonna say, uh, listen, I'm gonna tell you right now, that is not true. <laughs> Akbar is a tertiary character, at best. You put tertiary. him in the forefront. If you put Ag Admiral Akbar in the forefront of okay. any Star Wars plot line in a movie. Mm -hmm. To where he's the main combatant of Poe's thinking, ain't nobody buying it. Oh, you need to listen to me. I'm Admiral Akbar. I, I <laughs> put it down the Death Star. <laughs> there's, there's no way. There's no way. I would not buy that at all. I was like, what makes them think Admiral Akbar is deserving of this plot line? Absolutely <laughs> not. He is there to be there to and die on the bridge. And yet, people. And it's yet a trap, people, bro. <laughs> why did he do that man they wanted to be so funny in this damn movie that was an easy giveaway line they could have done yeah easy. that's true 
the they just need to. I I think that people were still under the Marvel influence. The, this oh, this was heavy. This was heavy this, Marvel influence. The be, Last Jedi was heavy Marvel influence. Well, let's not even say Marvel influence. Let's say let's call it what it is. Um, what's that man's name? The the balding guy who did Buffy, the ugly guy. Joss Whedon. Oh, Joss Whedon. Okay, Joss. there we go. So Joss, this is this was an era of post Joss Whedon humor. Um, this was right in the thick of it, honestly, because right. a, a lot of this humor doesn't, you know, doesn't fit. But Star Wars was very funny to begin with. Like, there's a bunch of funny things in the original trilogy. Yeah. Like, um, like Han and Leia going back and forth in Empire. Empire is a very funny movie, but they just try to make it like, oh, I'm uh, hugs. Captain H- Admiral Hugs, whatever. Oh God, that, uh, Admiral uh, Admiral Hugs. I laughed. Hux. I laughed. That, oh, that that call in the okay. beginning. Okay, that was yeah. I I laughed. I I I was I was back and forth on that. I think one. you know, and I think I think in a better portrayed war film, they blast Paul out of the sky. <laughs> like, <laughs> why are you humor? Why are you humoring this man? But, Absolutely. But, but this movie still is very funny for things that aren't meant to be funny we'll get to we'll get to the best the funniest character in this movie here let, let's keep going yeah why not so I, I, I will come back to that lay a bit that you said i'll save that for the end but yeah I'll, okay so we're gonna go with finn finn starts off this movie he wakes up in the, in the he's like oh, he's looking for ray because this is generally supposed to be very close to when he got slashed in the back right this very mm-hmm. traumatic thing that happened so he's like what's going on i don't understand um and so he wakes up and he's he finds you know he finds poe poe's like oh that's great and he's in the middle of a battle he's like i kind of don't want to do this and he kind of gets his his stuff and he's kind of trying to you know leave the the old way out the escape pods and (laughs) he has the the tracker to to rain because Ray's off doing her own things, but he has the only tracker. And he's like, I, if, I, if my friend leaves or um, wherever she's at and comes back here, she's going to be in the middle of a war that she can't fight. Um, right. He He's consistent. He wants to make sure that Ray, his, his really one of his only friends, is safe. He really loves Ray. That's where he's coming from. And ultimately... He meets Rose. I I'm just sighing. Do your because, best. No, I, I like Rose in this film. I really do. I I just I just mentioned that if if Rose was a different gender, I guarantee you not as much hate. But what? Or maybe more hate because of what happens at the end. But that's that's beside the point. He meets Rose and Rose. They kind of have like a um, you know banter. She kind of lost her sister. She's like, oh, my sister, and we know it's her sister because of the. Jeez, uh, the have necklace. some sympathy. <laughs> I'm just trying to. I'm trying to. You know, there's a lot to get through with this plot. Line. You're good. I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm teasing. Um, and then she has kind of has a moment where she's like, yeah, I just I just stopped someone this morning from trying to leave for, via the escape pod, and he was like, oh yeah. He's like, yeah, they had a bag just like you, and they had this look on their face just like you. And he was like, wait a minute, you're gonna escape. And then she just electric. He's like, no, you don't hurt. Instantly electrocuted to the neck. That funny scene, funny scene. But it got a smile. You got a chuckle, yeah. I like the I like the rose bits. I really do. But go ahead, Grandmaster. 
Oh, I mean, I, 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 I don't think I was going to say anything. I think if anything, that scene is funny, but it's more disappointing because Finn is essentially running away. And that's where we left him in the first film. So it was like, yeah, he took a couple of steps back. He's running away this time with more of a purpose to go help out Ray. But essentially still, he's in this arc of running away. But did he? Did he take a couple steps back? uh, The the act of running away, whether it's for Ray or any other reason, he's the first order is here. They're dealing with it. And he's like, Ray's more important than everybody else here. And remember, remember, I think you missed the point of the the first movie. The first movie, he was willing to run away from everything and everybody, including Ray. And then the turning point was that he realized that he wants to fight for Ray, for his friend. Okay, he's not fighting for Ray. He's literally running away for Ray. He's not there. Keeping her safe. Yes. uh, Keeping her safe from a war she can't fight. However, he's not fighting the war she can't fight. So, exactly. He has no choice. Yes, he does he, have a choice. Okay, okay see, I, it, the thing is, the thing with the tracker, because she's coming back to him once she's done. With right. Whatever she's doing with Luke. I feel like, and this is just me, I feel like Finn, you, you remove that tracker from the plot thread. I don't think Finn runs away in this scene. I, Probably I, I not. Think, I don't think he runs away. I, I think he is just thinking of Ray in this moment. And in a way, you could call it selfish. He is only thinking of Ray and not the bigger picture. But I feel like it's not a couple steps back for his character because I'm gonna say he this. stays He stays for this fight if you remove that tracker. If I'm, Ray was I'm, on the ship with him, he would have stayed. I'm going to say this. Yeah. Where we leave Finn in the first film. The atrocities of the First Order is what drives his motivations in the first film. And yet he's willing to run away from the First Order again, all for the name of this one, this one person that he's known for, I guess, what might be three to four days. Come and get uh, I'm just saying, I'm I'm throwing that out there. But, However, but, that, I guess that's his arc. That's I guess, guess that's his that's arc. His friend. They, they, but yeah, Ryan Johnson definitely was trying to make him develop into his arc you know like into an arc that he could eventually get to you know at the end of this film is very different from when he started this film and i guess he was playing again ryan johnson was definitely playing the long game with finn um because he had an arc. he was one of yeah i think he was the only character in the first film that had an arc like they had like a real tried and true arc Yes, yes, was, he had a great arc. He had a, he had a great, really arc. great arc. He he went from he went from being a coward to like standing up to Kylo Ren at the end because he wanted to save his friend, you know, right. and doing all these heroic things. But in the end, he he kind of goes into this what do you call it? Into this mode where he has to he feels like he has to run again because. He lost that fight at the end of, you know, the first movie. He did he woke up he woke up in a hospital bed, you know? He all he the last thing he remembers was getting slashed on the back and passing out in the snow. You know? Yep, he right. lost for for his own for his own like psyche, he lost. He doesn't even know how capable Ray is. 
Because he didn't even exactly. get to see her with the lightsaber. So he's he like, no I can't handle this. He doesn't exactly. even know she's a Jedi or force sensitive. He knows nothing. No yep. idea. He he kind of just there. And he's this move th- his desire to get back to Ray to make sure that she's okay drives him in this movie. Um, but it also leads him to where he needs to be, which is where at the end of his plot line. I think I think what they do with Finn here is really interesting. I don't necessarily think it's the best, but basically they get to, you know, Mas Kanata tells them, you need to find a code breaker with the yellow and whatever. Uh, no, yeah, the the plume, right. The plume, yeah, whatever. On a gambling planet called Canto Bite. They go, he goes with Rose and he, Rose is kind of like telling him, no, you need to fight. You, you can't run away from things. And he's just kind of like, mm, I don't know. He goes and he sees Canto Bite. He's like, marveled at the beauty and again this is again i when i first watched this film the canto bite sequence was made sense on a thematic standpoint because i was like oh i love thematic storytelling i love when storylines have a purpose but looking back on it it does hinder the plot in of a movie if this was like a book like if you really think about it if this was like a like a novel this this would this would be awesome if you think about it because then you'd have like a little mini work story, as a novel yeah yeah in the story and novels do that all the time you know but because it's a movie because people wanted to have a, a, a an expected pace it kind of drags the pace a little bit down especially when the movie begins and it's like if you don't do this we're dead we're all dead in the sky and no one's going to save the universe. And again, I, there's another plot line, which I'm thinking about, which kind of makes sense in like the grand scheme of things, but they go to Canto by it's, he's more, it's basically Las Vegas, um, shiny Las Vegas in the sixties and people are gambling. They get caught. They, you know, they go to jail, they find this, they, they, they find the code breaker, but ultimately they don't, you know, engage with them. But also there's like this animal thing that the, they, like, the greyhounds of the world. Yeah. Of the Star Wars universe. It's a horse. It's like a horse. No, I mean, greyhound races or what derby races. They're yeah, betting on these animals and yet they're not taking care of them. Exactly. Right. And Rose is kind of like saying these very like metaphorical lines like very thematic lines like if i i could i wish i could punch a hole through this entire town you can tell that ryan johnson really cares about driving the message home in this film and this part specifically because rose poses the question to finn how if there is literally a fight going on right now how can these people these rich people be completely okay and then we meet this other guy um played by what's his name oh um uh benicio del toro benicio del toro and he's like i can do things for you sure you know and he's 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 like a he's a he's like a drunken mess and he's a code breaker though He's, He's a, a code, code breaker, not the code breaker they were but looking a for. A code breaker. Uh, yes. And he kind of plays like the role where he gets them, you know, he is, helps them escape because they're thrown into jail. And then they help the animals escape. 
and there's a really cool scene where they're running at night and they're being followed by like a a, a ship. It's a cool scene, and they was help. It? it was a cool scene, and they also see like kids there that are like enslaved. Um, very, yeah. very reminiscent, very callbacky of episode one. You know, Annie. racing children this is enslaved. Racing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Grandmaster, how would you have felt if the uh, if, if if one of the characters like rid on one of those horses, and they're like, you mean they they did ride on them, they right? Did. And then they say this this what's what's the name of the animals? I don't remember the name of the animals. I, I don't remember. No, I don't know that one. The thingies. They say this me. is this is racing. If they said that, how, how would this you felt? This is pod racing. I wouldn't care. I didn't <laughs> care for you're, this. You're so uncultured. This was not good to me. This is. This was this, not this horse bit or the whole casino bit, like what? A, a lot of the casino bit. Because from a thematic point to what Nino's saying, yes, I feel the the themes of you know here they are acting like there's no war going on, and then a lot of them are war profiteering, which there was a commentary on that as well. Uh, right, you know he was mentioning how a lot of them are selling to both sides, uh, you know, or they they get a pass by the first order because they supply them and whatnot. So there is that commentary, which I think is good. I just think again, a lot of, a lot of what I find this, uh, this movie's at fault of is just execution. Um, I think those themes work perfectly. I don't think we need an elongated escape sequence on these things, uh, in this like liberating moment, uh, just for, you know, this 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 code breaker to come rescue them at the end you know uh yeah. like I, I i i don't need that i don't need that and i when you and i you know i don't necessarily like to necessarily compare it to the other uh star wars entries but it's like in those other films they would have tackled these themes right then and there just through conversation and dialogue which is good but there is no elongated sequences to try to make this uh placement in the story worthwhile i think you were supposed to look at that escape sequence and be like yeah this i love the fact that we came to canto bite that that really sold it you know as if as if the dialogue and the conversation wasn't enough it was enough i didn't need that um and same thing too with the kids i like the kids i if, if you were trying to play homage to um phantom menace with you know the enslaved people uh that works for me you know and it's, it definitely works for what's about to come at the end of the film but then you know i, I think you just take it you take away well one you take away from because there's a code breaker he's not the code breaker but he's a code breaker how convenient uh, <laughs> but um and then yeah the the escape sequence i think takes away from all of that like i forget there was commentary because now i'm left with this so i i think i think looking at the work that ryan johnson has done after i'm looking at the tv show that he's currently doing i'm looking at um listen ryan johnson glass onion oh, wait wait, wait. Has, what's what's that other one uh, uh knives out knives um, out but he i i forgot this he he's directed some of the greatest episodes of breaking bad True. Oh, he has? Yes. But oh. you're not there yet. Season I'm five. Not, okay, so I haven't seen any that, that no. he's directed? Um, okay. I know he's the Ozymandias, which is considered probably 
the greatest Breaking Bad episode, okay. some would say. Um, and he's he's got like one more under his belt. Uh, he's done a lot of good stuff. But I, I think he, he had a lot of good ideas with The Last Jedi. I think it's just transitioning into those good ideas is where I, I personally have problems with how he's telling. So like, I, I have a feeling like he had all these great ideas where he's like, okay, I want to have a casino scene. I want to have something there where we're, we're, we're going to talk about how like there's war profiteering and how these animals are enslaved. But he forgot the tr the transition part where I'm supposed to care about this scene. Cause I do like the way this casino looks. I like, because it kind of gives off like, um, like oceans 11, uh, fifth element type of vibes. And it's something that I'm not used to with the Star Wars film. I don't think we've ever seen really a casino in any Star Wars medium. So I I like it, but I, I'm kind of with Grandmaster on this one where I I had I had to pause this segment a lot uh re-watching this film. Cause the last time I watched this movie from beginning to end was in theaters. Um and I saw it once. And so re-watching it now on Disney Plus, like once we get to this bit, I'm just I'm trying to pay attention. I'm trying to like get engaged, but I'm just not with the casino thing. And I feel like I should be because it does have a good message. It does have something that I feel like is worthwhile that Ryan Johnson's trying to say, but I, I, I do. I just feel like, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was basically it. But I just, I, I'm, I was trying to say that looking at his films after and like his work after he definitely cares about class stories like stories which comment about class and how it in like it invades every part of our being um and this is what he was trying to do survivor 46 is here and so is on fire the only official survivor podcast and we have a twist this season the winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. In this movie, I think he could have gone about it better, but he, I think he bit off more than what he could chew mm. because he was trying to say something about how the rich um basically do war profiteering and fund both sides and taking don't not taking a stand against it is just taking a stand for it if that makes sense um yeah. he was trying to say that but it got very muddled because how they got there was very you know it i think there could have been a tighter script in this section you know with um with finn and rose and still have all these like things where and i think you could even have like a thing where finn is like kind of like amazed at seeing all this but rose is also just very like we just have to come here for what we came for they get jailed they get breaking out and then they take off you know that could have still been a thing that happened you know um and you know they could have just been running off and like i think i think dare i say for the message that this movie is trying to get to i think they have to fail or have to make a choice in leaving those people there in order to get to the real fight you know what i mean instead of like having this big sequence where they free people and yes it's it's very star wars but it's also detracts some of the narrative messaging in the film because then it kind of you get this like win in the middle of the movie when the rest of the movie is saying everything's really bad right now we need to like 
you know, figure it out. It just could have been cleaned up, I think. I think he really, he was fighting off. He, he, he instead of people, people walked away from this movie not understanding that what he was trying to say was rich people bad. And instead they went with like, this movie's about animal rights. Who cares about animal rights in Star Wars? Many people said that. Too many people said that. All these YouTubers that had complaints said that. But again, bit off more than he could chew. He finds the code breaker or whatever, the, the this code breaker that saves them. And he brings up a good point to Finn. He was like, who do you think like supplies the, the Empire? And he's like, yeah, but they're bad. Like the, these rich people are bad. They're bad, 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 bad. And he was like, yeah, but who do you think supplies the resistance? These same people. They make things for the same people. And Finn is kind of like, what side do I take at this point? Because they're they're enjoying life, but they're making they're funding our own fight and their fight. He's in a point of conflict. So he took a few steps forward and then a few steps back because of the interactions in this movie. And then they get headed to the what do you call it? They have a plan to infiltrate and um, get headed to the the the, the lead um, star destroyer. Yes, um, they're all in disguise, and you know they let them through, and then they like you know get to the point where they're like putting in the code and trying to stop it from you know from chasing the ship so that they can get away. But then they get caught, and Phasma comes out, and Phasma's like, yeah, you know, Phasma's like, ah, oh, traitor. <laughs> she gets the moment that she finally deserves and from the last movie in this movie he's like oh Finn 2187 ah, I hate you I'm going to execute all of you and that's where we're going to stop there because there's sure, a lot of there. there's a lot of there. back and forth with Rose Rose is really good in these sequences um, there's even a, a plot point surrounding the necklace that she had um, because it was made from like a special metal and he needed it to you know to open something right yeah fine and it showed that rose was willing to give up everything to to fight for the the cause her sister died for okay let me say this real quick rose as a character is actually a really good character um i I will give her that i do not think every scene works simply because the writing is somewhat all over the place or you know the multiple plot lines are all over the place but rose as a character works for me i think she does a really good job at progressing Finn forward, as you said, each character kind of has like a mentor figure and a an antagonist to their journey in this film. Rose definitely serves as the mentor to Finn, and I yeah. think she does a good job at that. Uh, but yeah, still problematics here and there. But we'll con- let's continue. Let that's my two cents real quick on Rose. Is that is yeah. that Finn's story or, or are I we think that's a good into... stopping Finn's point story. for Finn's, yeah. right? Because now now we're all kind of we're kind know. of reaching that that meetup point. So Poe yeah. Poe and Poe and Leia and everybody they on the escape ships, Holdos on the main ship alone. Finn, BB-8 and Rose are on the lead star destroyer. Yeah. There oh, and they are. get, I forget that the code breaker sells them out. He sells them oh, out because he right. said, like he said, he's like, you sell to both sides. I literally yeah. told you this. He's like, and he's like, the good guys are this person today and they're you tomorrow. And he was like, I'm just trying to save my own skin, which was essentially what Finn was trying to do at the beginning of this, this film and the last film. 
It's almost like the Codebreaker is a reflection of Finn. It's good writing. I it's uh -huh. good writing. I think you're giving a lot of credit, but I'm gonna let you continue. <laughs> no, it's true. And no, I'm I'm being totally serious. This is this is was purposeful. Like the reason this code breaker was like, look, I'm just doing what I need to do to save my own skin because I'm no one's gonna take care of me but me. It, it can be purposeful, but execution may not all be there. So all right. Well, let's get to the meat and potatoes of the last Jedi. The which, which is crazy that you call it meat and potatoes, because part of me feels it's not even that good as meat and potatoes. It's not. <laughs> it's not. The best parts of the movie come from this plot line that we're. I don't think these about. are the best parts. Well, let's let's get into oh, it. Yeah, let's oh, go. Let's okay. go. Go ahead. Let's go. go. Ahead. Let's Ray, go. So. Here is the unfortunate effect of ending on a very scene-specific cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. You have to start the movie with the very scene-specific cliffhanger. Unfortunately, that's just how it happened. Now, Ray gives the lightsaber to Luke, you know, after she stood there for, I don't know, two weeks and was like just staring at him. Um, and he kind of looked, took it, looked at it, and tossed it over his shoulder. Now, whoa, my expectations of, have been subverted. A lot of people, a lot of people wanted Luke to do something else, and they said it wasn't in character for him um, once they saw this film. They and wanted that, Luke to do something else with the lightsaber? They were like, if he was going to reject it, he could have at least like, let it just fall from his hands. Oh, but then that's not MCU humor. You gotta, you gotta exactly. do extra, do the extra bit. Oh, he's tossing it aside. It's it's trash. I I I, I think it's subversions of expectations. Well, did you just say subversions of expectations, Grandmaster Hoop? Yes, I too did. much. <laughs> Whoa! Which you saying okay that subverted with. my expectations of what you were gonna say? I'm now over here like, what's going on? He just tossed it like it was nothing. I meant there was yes. a gasp in the theater. When, it was when a we gasp see, in the theater, yeah. When we went to see that and that scene happened. We're like, whoa, he tossed it. I mean, there was a bit of laughter because it was like... <laughs> that was uh -huh, kind of, yeah. <laughs> he threw it, but then it's like, whoa, why'd he do that, though? What's the deal? <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. So then Ray um, begs Luke to like... They, First of all, I think before we continue, Mark Hamill in this movie, this is the best acting he's ever done. Period. Like, oh God, you are giving this movie a lot of praise. You don't agree no, with I disagree. Me? This is not Mark Hamill's best acting. What do you oh, no. think his best? Wait, yeah. does this include like a VA work? Yes, or? I'm including VA. I'm okay. including VA work. Yeah. Okay. No, what? no way. <laughs> We're including no. VA work. Okay, well, I'm talking about from one thing. From one thing, one thing as in what? Like, like one, like one project, one performance. Uh, Batman Beyond: Return of the Joker. There you go. Right, Return of a... the Joker. Oh. If if, I, if you're gonna make me choose one Mark Hamill Joker, uh, voiceover, I'm gonna choose that. Okay. All right. All right. That says more about you than it does about me, but. <laughs> 
I think that this you think, is you think you think more people are on this hill with you. I don't think they no, are. this is this is to me, this is his best like his he really best. Wow. This is his best like acting performance, period. I because there's so many scenes like when we go like let's go through it. Like he, keep going, keep going. He's being like grump like grumpy old man go away, chewy right. punches Leave the door alone. down. <laughs> punches the door down. And he was like, Chewy, R2. And then he the realization hits him. And you can feel it. He's like, all he has to say is, where's Han? That's great acting right there. I'm not great saying it's acting. not great acting. I'm just, it's, I don't think it's his best acting. It's, to me, it's his best acting. Role. Sure, but, sure. Um, but, you know, he goes back and forth with Ray, and he starts, you know, training her. And then <laughs> there's this scene where he's like, oh, you, you have to reach out. And then Ray reaches out. Okay, real, I'm sorry. I, I have to. We have to dial back a little. Dial back. Go Just ahead. Just be, because you get you need a setup that he it does not want to train Ray at first. Like very much, he is stuck in his milk suckling ways from this creature. <laughs> oh God. Uh, was this needed? No, but it was. But you see, this is, this is the this funniest part. He subverted my expectations. I this is the funniest part of this movie, where he or one of the funniest parts. This whole storyline is where all the humor is. He just takes a glug and he goes ah. and stares Ray dead in the weird. eye as he. That was that was weird. that was so weird. But uh, you know, he he's you got to mention how he says the quote about you know. It's time for the Jedi to die. That's where that was in the trailers. That was, that was in the trailers. Yeah. Well, I know. I think you need to mention it to before but you not, just we're not go... there yet. We're not there yet. Yeah, he says it before he trains her. No, he? he says it. No, he says it in the middle. I think I'm pretty in sure. The middle. I don't remember because he says yeah, I think beginning. he starts training her, and um, but first there was this scene that he goes into like the Falcon, and he's like living his like reliving some of his memory and R two D two R two. Plays yes. the infamous yes. clip. The, I mean, not with, help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. Yes, correct. And it was, it was that that was well done. That that showed I, me. I like that. I like that. That showed that me was that good. Ryan Johnson that was good. cares about Star Wars. He knows like he where does. to hit nostalgia buttons. That was a great nostalgia button. And it was also good for Luke's character. So he's just like, oh, I gotta do it, but. He goes and trains Ray. There's some cringe humor, and then there's like a, there's hints that hey, something's happening. Something's happening on two fronts. There's a connection with her and Kylo Ren. Ray and Kylo Ren, like they keep seeing each other, you know, when they're not there. And Ray keeps trying to attack him, and then the, he um, shoots him at some point, and then he's like, <gasps> in his chair. Um, Can you see me? Yes, I see you. And then. <laughs> Luke is trying to teach like he's 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 calling out the Jedi at the height of their power they let the most powerful and insidious um get it insidious um yes <laughs> Sith Lord to take power and create Darth Vader you know he's oh, right I'm glad he I, called I, him out I just like to point out I was correct he said it's time for the Jedi to end in the beginning like literally it's Mark 25 25 minutes into the film. That's when he says that. All right. Well, congratulations. That's important. So, he, like so, I said, yes, he's he, but we don't understand why he's like this. 
um, because there's a secret. Like there's a secret that he's keeping from Ray. Yes, but it's and, good to know that he said that in the beginning. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes, that okay. that secret. It drives. doesn't matter. Jesus. Yes, it does because that secret drives. It's like okay, so he is going to teach her three lessons. Yes. Three. He only says three. Yes, and then as you said, the reaching out moment, he gets scared again. And he's like, maybe this is a bad idea. Because he's saying, oh, like, Ray's like, there's a hole and there's a cave. And he's like, D -d fight it, fight it. And she's like, I'm going in. And <laughs> he kind of no. has to, like, wake her up from it. And he's like, you just went right to it. Like, how am I supposed to teach you about the forest if you just went to one of the, the worst place for the dark side to be? What the hell you is know? this hole, man? This hole it's, on this the island. The hole is like the, the cave it's 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 like it's the, the cave in the cave Dagobah. From, yes. From Dagobah. Yeah. And and again, Yoda did the same thing where he hid where there was a lot of darks like there's a list a lot of force. Like there's a lot of light side and dark side on the planet um to hide his presence. Luke did the same thing, you know. Except he was completely cut off. Like that's something that we find out that he's, he's cut completely off cut off from the force right. and Ray's kind of shocked that he would even do that like this is one of her heroes and she's just kind of like i don't even know who you are you're not living to like the standards that i you know that i'm that i'm trying to live my life by even though i've idolized oh, it's kind of like the audience experience yes mm. wow it's almost like ray was supposed to be the audience uh character in this movie which she was but then there's like this connection between Kylo Ren and they keep connecting. Um, there's a lot of back and forth. Luke finally reaches out in the force, but first Ray goes into the cave, right? And this is one of the, this is one of the greatest scenes in Star Wars. I truly think so. You're overselling this, man. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I, when Ray goes down there and then has this whole experience with the force it made me question what the force like and this is someone who's grown up with star wars it made me question like what else can the force do and this movie this is not the first time the movie this is not the last time the movie does that so it made me question what else can the force do and i think that is important because i, I think a lot at least with me growing up the force was very simple Go on to CartoonNetwork.com, play the Clone Wars fighting game, and there was Force Lightning and Force Push. That's the that's the limit of the Force. That's it. Force Push, Force Grab, and Force Lightning. But this made me, like, it opened my mind, you know, into what, what the Force could well, what, be. Okay, tell me, what can the Force do? What did, the, what did they show you that the Force can do? In this thing, it showed kind of that... To me, it showed that Rey under, finally starts understanding that the universe is bigger than herself. But, but the what universe is. What, is what, what can the Force do? The, the Force is showing her this. It's Isn't not that just, the same thing as search your feelings. The Force has been this doing on, this. We saw this on Dagobah too. With okay, Luke but it's showing. Oh, so a man coming out in Darth Vader's thing, and then he cuts off his head, and then it blows up, and it's Luke's that doesn't face. show you what the Force can That's do. Search your feelings. Oh my! But this is showing us rather than saying search your feelings. Imagine if a fr if you went to a friend with a problem, and they show you something that can change your life. Instead, they go 
Search your feelings. And it's then a visual representation of searching of your feelings. Good. I want visual representation. But Doctor Jace just said we got the same thing on Dagobah. We, we didn't get the same thing on Dagobah. Yes, you're right. Ray Luke snapped not, her fingers, and multiple shadow clones <laughs> did it. It's different. I, I, it's different. I I enjoyed it. It was it was very welcome to see this kind of exper- experiment be in a Star Wars film. I enjoyed it. And it, it did make me question, like, it made me question, like, the rules of the Force, which I'm always welcome to. I always what, love what when... What rules? <laughs> That's what I, I don't I don't understand. know how to... Okay, <laughs> the rules of the Force when we were watching Clone Wars and the Don't, prequels, no, don't, 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 do, don't like, do, like, lightning and Force push. No, it's, we, it's true. We, we've seen what? it. So, so Yoda's not using the Force when he does his, his, his backflips and twirls in the air? Oh, I forgot. Physical, yeah. Force punch, <laughs> force jump. Oh, I mean, no. it's, it's just visually different, but it's Good. essentially that. That's that's but the visual aspect is important. Instead of me just closing my eyes and be like, "Ooh, I feel the force." Ooh, you know, like the thing. Again, it's it's literally. I'm gonna I'm gonna reference the scene now. It's brave to, holding out her hand and like, "Oh my god, I feel it!" And it's Luke tickling her with a stick no this is showing us the how what the force can be okay i like it uh, you can like it i i just don't agree with you saying it's something new and profound okay. something i think the most new and profound thing that this movie does is the connection between kylo ren and ray that's another yeah okay that point. yeah yeah that because that that especially good one. especially like the moment where I think rain falls on her. And yes, he... and it gets transferred over. Yeah, yes. that's yeah. interesting yeah. as well. Yes, yes. Did that you like his, been... his getup without the shirt? Yeah, yeah. I we like got a, funniest parts of the movie. <laughs> Put something on, on, and he's just—he <laughs> doesn't say anything. He just stands there, menacingly. It's 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 good. I think, like I said, I think that these elements of the force throughout this storyline throughout this movie it hasn't been done since like everything else that has come after before has kind of just been like either a retread of some somebody else's work or something we've already seen in star wars this was like it pushing pushing the force visually conceptually this was this was the movie to push the force and i enjoyed it um but yeah they had that scene where she's like I saw nothing. I only saw myself. And that was a very big character moment. And she kind of reaches out to Kylo Ren. She's finally understanding him. And Kylo Ren kind of reveals to her like the the backstory at this point, right? Um, of what was going to like what happened. What happened with him and Luke, yeah. Yeah. Luke Luke at the beginning of this plot thread was like, Oh, I sensed the evil inside him and then he, you know, we had a fight and um, what do you call it? Right when I was over him, he ignited his lightsaber and I ignited mine and then we went we fought and by the time I woke up, everything was gone. But then uh actually no, that does not what happened. I'm mistaken, aren't I? It's Kylo Ren who tells her, like, oh, he he's, he was looking at me like he was about to kill me. And then he, you know, I was acting in self-defense at that point. And Ray kind of questions him, you know, once they, like, have that touch feeling and looks like, stop! And then they have a big fight. 
nice. um, in the rain, which was good. It's a good lightsaber fight with only one lightsaber. Luke was Luke was old and hadn't used the Force and was still giving her lessons on how to on how to fight. That was that was fun. I found it fun. Um, but then he told her the real reason of um, what happened. He was going to go there and kill. Like he had a moment where he's like, I can't let my father happen again. You know, I can't let this happen. And he ignites the lightsaber, but then he instantly regrets it. But it's by that point, it was already too late. What, what was y'all opinions on that? I didn't like it um... at all. I, I didn't I don't, like it because I don't, it, this is coming from a character that the Luke that was from the original from somehow, and I get it. It's a new Luke. And we've, we've seen interviews where even uh, Mark Hamill's like, this is not the Luke that, that I remember, but it, it's a Luke for a new generation. So, you know, let, let's just go with that. But this guy somehow saw the good in one of the most despicable evil entities in the galaxy that committed war crimes against billions of people yet he still somehow found the good in this person obviously darth vader his dad um but his own nephew who hasn't done anything who is still a, a clay that is to be molded into something he gets one shred of doubt and he has a moment of weakness and tries to kill him. I, I mean, well, obviously he regrets it in that moment, and but it was too late already. I just don't, I don't buy that from Luke. I, I kind of, I, I like this part of the film. I, I I'm, I'm I just like kind of this film. But my I, thing is like, I like. I'm not against the idea of Luke somehow becoming this, like, pissy old man. That's like you know. uh he, he he regrets what he did. He's afraid of like this next uh, dark user, this next dark force wielder becoming the next Darth Vader. I like that idea, but just from where we left him off from Return of the Jedi until now, which is the last Jedi, I just don't see that transition where, okay, you look for the good in your father, but somehow you're not looking for the good in your nephew. And... Well. It, yeah, I, and here's the, to this point. I was gonna save this part for the end, but um, Ryan Johnson was like stated that he not only wanted to subvert people's expectations, but he also had to write with the story that he was given. He didn't have any writing control of Episode Seven, so J.J. Abrams purposefully left out Luke in that movie, right? He purposefully right. left out Luke in that movie. And Ryan Johnson had to go and answer the question, why would Luke, of all people, like strand himself on in, on like on a planet with no one to find him, right? With like a, a scattered map and telling nobody, why would he be on there? Why well why try and hide the map to begin with? Why do you even make a map for people to find him if he went there to die, though? Isn't that counterintuitive? Uh, I don't think he made the map. I think they said that. No, that he had he made the map because the second half of it was in R two D two. No, no, no. Like the map came from uh, old Jedi text is what he was saying. Like he went there to go. Yeah, yeah it was. Die. It was. Yeah. It was not like a map that said, 
oh, I am Luke Skywalker and no, I have yeah, charted yeah, my yeah, course yeah. for you to find. But that's what everyone was expecting. Everyone was expecting like, oh, Luke was being mysterious and gathering his forces at the light side so that he, someone who was truly worthy could. It sounds very cliche fantasy novel. I, I'm going to say, yeah, yeah. say this. And I think this is a big problem of the sequel trilogy is that, I mean, they wanted to bring back the old cast. I get it. But by doing so, there's like, I don't know, 30, 40 years worth of story that is not told or shown. So when they show this flashback and, you know, what's driving Luke is like, he's like, Snoke already had a grip on Ben uh, well before, you know, I came in there. And it's just like, it just keeps, it keeps adding on to the layer of things we don't know anything about. Where, who the heck is Snoke? How did he get his grip on Ben? So much to the point to like what Dr. Jace is saying. Ben hasn't done a single thing ever, you know? <laughs> he just wakes up and sees his uncle with about to stab him. <laughs> right. And it's like, and and I, I, I feel there's a better story that is out there if you actually show kind of Ben's fall. And, you know, Luke's fall versus here's Luke, 30, 40 years, you know, whatever. But, I mean, that's the battle they choose to fight when they set it in the timeline where it's set. So I'm just not I'm just not big on it just because there's so much loose ends in it that are is not shown and it's just told to us. That's why I don't buy it. And unfortunately, it they, they just... I think they waited a long time to make these movies. Um, and also, be, well, George Lucas originally just wanted to end it on episode six. Right. But there was also canon out there and Disney kind of wiped that away. And the cast was older. Like the original cast was older. But also, oh, um, there is, I think this suffers from the Final Fantasy 15 effect where they wanted so many tie-in materials to this property like it wasn't you couldn't just read the movie you had to get the expansion book that talks about who the knights of ren are for the last movie you had to go and buy the the comic series to go and figure out why kylo ren like how he fell um and how and how luke started like mistrusting his you know his wisdom Again, this is this, they they wanted you to be super invested in it and have different ways of store of telling the story, but also ultimately Ryan Johnson wanted to tell this story because he like he I I had a I have a feeling that he just wanted to, to go in this direction and he felt like this was the best way that he could do it given the circumstances of where the last movie left off. Like he was answering like where do we go from here? Like, and that's not cliche. He didn't, he did not want this to be a cliche movie, you know? And I think the most cliche thing that he could have done was be like, Luke, the next very, ne- the, the very first scene of, in an alternate universe, the very first scene of this movie is, I've been waiting for you, Ray. I have left all these clues for you. I uh, used the force to magically give uh, Maz Kanata the lightsaber so you would find in that very moment. And now I will train you to defeat Snoke, which is just Palpatine 2.0. Anything, anything ringing a bell? Anything ringing a bell for the next movie? I'm moving on. Anyway, <laughs> so 
then this moment happens where Ray's like, I can change Kylo Ren. I can change my toxic boyfriend. And But Daddy, I, I can fix him. <laughs> That's terrible. That's terrible. I can save you. I can save you. <laughs> God. But um she basically pulls a Luke from Empire Strikes Back. Where, yes. And Luke oh, is just wow. like don't do it. Don't do it. And then he will like, not go the way you think. Exactly. And she leaves thinking that Kylo Ren will join her. Um, you will turn. You will be the one to turn. No, I won't. I know the that, future. That's, you will turn. That's that's how far Luke has fallen. Like he can't even trust someone else to make the same decisions that he'd made. I mean, you he know, just met her. Truth. Truthfully, and when he was training with her, she immediately went into the dark side cave in her mind. You didn't even resist it. So he and at this point, Luke is just like, that's it. I'm done. I'm I'm done. Like he's been very adamant saying like the Jedi can't were arrogant in their way. They approach the force. They, they were the ones that the protectors of everything. It shouldn't have been like that. So he's like, I'm just going to go burn the sacred text. So let's go burn the sacred text. And then um, what do you call it? Yoda comes up out of nowhere and tries to stop him. Puppet and Yoda. Pup, yes. Puppet Yoda. One of the greatest things this movie ever did was actually they, they actually got the original puppet and restored it. Oh, wow. I didn't know a lot that. of A lot of puppets from like back then are in decay now. Like when they were doing like uh this is a, a tangent, but when they were doing the lo- the, the 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 last crystal or the lost crystal for Netflix, that that TV show. Okay. Um it, it was a fa- the dark crystal. The dark crystal dark series. Crystal, yeah. yeah. Um they the 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 puppets the they had to remake some of the puppets and they got the original puppet makers and their children to come in and kind of figure out how they did it because a lot of the skills they were like we don't remember how we created these puppets wow that's actually kind of so the for and i i think for ryan johnson to make it a point to bring back puppet yoda not cgi yoda and kind of put the restoration process on it was a very big thing um for star wars i think it was this seems beautiful um yoda's just like oh you're gonna you're gonna burn the thing um you've read them Force. He's a force ghost using force lightning on the tree. Love that. I love. That was that. kind of funny. Uh, yeah. he, he just did it for him, and then Luke immediately regrets it. No, the sacrifice. <laughs> and then they have this moment where Luke is just—he's completely defeated at this point. He's like, "What can I do?" You know, like, and Yoda comforts him and is like. The, your students, you, the people that come after you, they like we are what they grow beyond. That's a very I like that line. Yeah. That's a very good line, and I think that's where line. the movie was, you know, going. This was like a very big point of the movie. Ryan Johnson was trying to escape the trappings of Star Wars because people were expecting the the sick the circular the cyclical nature of Star Wars to continue, and he was trying to make a point and being like, no, we need to find something new. So right. now let's get into the first climax of the film. Um, Ray and Kylo are, you know, Ray gets there. Kylo takes her to Snoke. We see Snoke in this film. Yay. Um, yay. And he's Andy Serkis. 
<laughs> I can't even do his voice, but um, whatever. He's Snoke. He's Andy Serkis hamming it up, and he's right. just like uh, force lightning, you know, like making threats. And um, there's this moment where he's like takes the lightsaber. And he's like just playing around with her. He's like this very powerful force user. That's insane. And, and this is this is yes, this is a retread of the moment, like of Empire Strikes Back, where the, you know. They have to have a battle in the in the thing, but in the end, then he's like, I see him turning his lightsaber and igniting it, and like you know, he's just he's so full of himself that he fails to see that Kylo has a different plan, and then he just goes <laughs> and cuts him out. That's a big thing. That's a big thing in this movie. Um, I'm I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying it's a big I mean, it, moment. It was a shock. I I will say that it was definitely. I remember the theater was a gasp at what happened. Like Nani, what? I think this scene was better than a lot of the scenes that you were describing earlier as the best scenes. I think this throne room sequence Thanks. was really well. Thanks. Um, well, this throne room it is it is good because it there's a confrontation. Then they have the fight scene. I don't care again. I don't care how many nitpickers are in the what do you call it the in the world like saying oh the choreography the he he there was not perfect it was not perfect wow. I enjoyed this choreography I enjoyed wow. this fight scene I mean I wasn't expecting perfection Ray again is not trained and Ray's not trained she's holding her own against uh what are they called Cent centurion knights People oh, I don't that even know train. what they're called. I think they're like Centaurian or Centurion Knights. Uh, but they train their whole lives for this style of combat. And Ray are they? Just... That, but yes, yes, they are. But, they... but but here's the question: Everybody knows that if you're a Force user and you have any grappling on the Force, you're just gonna be like, unless you're a Mandalorian, you're just gonna be um, you're just gonna get beat by a Force user. They could have won. I, they could have. I, I don't know. Well, wait, who who could have yeah. won? The, the the red. People. Oh, the red. The red. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, Kylo Ren. To be honest, well, again, I one I've never I I started noticing this more in uh, these last two films. He very much fights like a broadsword, like a medieval yeah. knight. Uh, yeah, it's not a broadsword. It was. It's more like a longsword. It's. It's. What? Look, listen, listen. He I, fights I, like actually... Ned Stark. He fights like Ned Stark. He okay, holds it sure, like Ned Stark. Sure. You know what he fights like? The seventh form in the upcoming Star Wars Jedi Survivor video. <laughs> Ooh. I don't Ooh, know. If actually, that's true he does. Or not. He does. Yeah, have that. that's what I'm saying. He does have that. <laughs> yes, there's a new fighting form where it's like slower, but it does more damage. Yes. Yes. Nice. We love it. We love that for us. Anyway. This should have been um, the Knights of Ren, but go yes. on. So then this whole... Th this could have been the Knights of Ren. This should have been. This but I think, again, I think Ryan Johnson did not like the Knights of Ren because they were... Well, like, I don't like Ryan Johnson. <laughs> Dude. Damn him and his... I know what's better for this movie. I do. All directors are like that. All directors. I, are that, like that. That, that's understandable. That's or understandable. you know, you just there are some things that need not be a mystery. Do the Knights of Ren have to be a mystery? And who's to fall for that? JJ. Thank you. Yeah. JJ Abrams is 
the the problem with this whole trilogy. Anyway, back to what I was saying. So then um, this whole thing happens. Uh, let's go back into the other plot lines. Paul's like, oh no, they caught on to our to our you know to our thing, and he's watching. And Laura Dern's character is watching all the other ships get blasted, um, and she's like, I'm gonna make a you know. She doesn't say anything, but she's like, turns the ship around. Poe's about uh, Finn's about to get executed by Captain Phasma, and then one of the one of the coolest shots in movie history happens. That that God. that's it, everybody in the movie theater when they saw that they were like, <gasps> they were really how quiet it was. The yes. silence, and yes. they just right through the the destroyer. It it was good. It was good. Um, it, it was, was good. Visually visually tantalizing. Makes me you wonder why they of... don't do that more often when they're pushed against the wall. <laughs> they, they'll, uh, you know what? Why? Why do they do this more often? That was so powerful. That it I was a jump. desperate maneuver. It was yes, a desperate maneuver. Yes. Oh, and it worked as a do sex machina for some. Finn should have died. You're, you're right. And then, yeah, then Finn has this whole fight scene with Rose and bb 8s like commanding like an ATAT. Bring it cool dome. <laughs> they fight each other, and he's like, and this is Finn owning up to who he is now. He's he's like, oh, like you're a scum. After he beats Phasma, he's like, oh, yeah, rebel scum. You could have had a really nice arc for phasma and finn had throughout they not squandered yes throughout all three. all three had they not squandered it in the first one so that first fight that he has with traitor that should have been, been phasma yeah should have been phasma phasma whoops his ass like just utterly destroys him you have this second movie where they have the rematch and you just have you don't kill phasma i don't know why they killed her in this movie uh jesus you don't want to sell toys for the finale you don't want some more toys disney fine fine kill her off in this movie but in a perfect world you have you have this rematch with phasma and finn and finn is putting up a much better fight than he had than he did in force awakens and phasma starting to realize ooh, ooh, wait a minute he's actually holding his own i'm not sure how because i beat his ass like not too long ago uh but he's holding his own whatever and then you save this finale the, the, this final confrontation in the in the final movie but Ryan wanted to do it his own way. He's like, I want to kill Phasma in this movie. And he was very dedicated to subverting expectations. To a fault. To a, to a fault. To a fault in this I movie. Mean, I mean, I don't think. even think it he subverted. Phasma, like, oh, Phasma only shows up at the end of this movie. That's true. Yes. And she says traitor you know, as well. <laughs> And everybody calls Finn a traitor. Everybody. <laughs> so, but here's so here's here's my issue with this movie. I don't think Kylo Ren should have been as involved. I think first of all, some easy fixes. You could have definitely put this movie like maybe like six months after the last movie, right? I think that it resolves some, a lot. Yeah, it gives some time. Um, and but then same situation. Um, Ray finally like connects with her beeper, right? You can even say time moves differently on that planet, whatever, right? So um, then uh, Finn has time to like practice, and oh man, uh, yeah, because he got really good at that thing. 
real quick. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, whoa, he's really good with that and that stun, whatever that is, that uh, that that to tonfa. And also, I I think Kylo Ren does not need to be anywhere near. You know what I mean? Like, I think he can do be doing his own thing in this movie. You know what I mean? Besides being on the battleship with Snoke, I think he should be like on like a a, a, a first order planet connecting with Rey, rather than being like shooting in the action of things with his mom and stuff. No, right. I mean, I'm fine with him here. I'm, I'm, I'm no, I'm not because he took a back seat like the whole movie. Yeah, but and you know, honestly, I think that any any movie, any part of the movie where he's in a fighter jet could have been Hux. It could have been Hux. Well, yeah, you could have given Hux more to do. You sure could have, but Kylo Ren's piss. He's a pissy boy. That's his character. Either way, because it would just make it would just make for a better movie because then it would be like the timing wouldn't be like, hey, aren't you in a battle right now? You know? Um, and then it right. wouldn't be this contrived like Oh, the shots are just barely missing their sheet. You wouldn't have that whole scenario. So that's that's just some of my things, you know. But again, people people did other things. Either way, the big this is a big climax of the movie. They all go into the salt planet nearby and they're ready for a barricade. Kylo Ren is kind of like, you know what? That throne looks pretty good. Hey Ray, why don't you and me get on that throne and rule the galaxy? I have brought peace, stability <laughs> to my empire. Your new empire. <laughs> but it's it, that it's giving off those vibes, and he's he's very much like, oh Ray, your parents are nobody. I wish he didn't say. I wish he was. I wish it was. I wish he was telling the truth. I wish. You know, I wish he didn't say any of these things. He he would have been like, who the? I wish he would have just said, who your parents are don't matter. They don't matter in the grand scheme of things. I actually would have liked more matter. more vagueness, more yeah. ambiguity, because then it's like you could either interpret it as he was being literal, as in like, what does it matter who your parents are? They could have just been nobody, and maybe that could have been the hint. At the same time, maybe they are someone important. We don't know, but he's basically trying to teach her the lesson. Why are you so obsessed with them? Who cares? Who cares? For join for me and let's let's do this. Let's do you know. And she's like, no. And then they have this force clash, and then a good part of the movie comes. This is the second climax of the film: the battle on the salt planet that is very reminiscent of Hoth. I think it's important to note because um, I'm going to come back to this with the, with this climax on the salt planet. Um, they get into a scuffle over Luke's lightsaber. Mm. They're pulling the lightsaber and it gets destroyed. Yeah, that's where it gets destroyed. I I, I just want to mention that and 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 I'll come back to it when the time's right. But, yeah, yes, it does get destroyed. Planet. And for anyone who was paying attention in the movie, yes. It gets yes. destroyed. No, no, so, no, don't worry. I'll come yeah. back. I'll come back to this. Don't worry. So so then, you know, they're all there. They're all having a barricade. They're all getting on their ships. And it's it's really cool. I like this part of the movie. There's I love salt, this. Yeah. And it's, you know, this this second climax. There's two climaxes in this film. But this second climax is like setting up Kylo as the next villain. And he's just like obsessed. He wants to destroy. He's throwing hucks around everywhere. Destroy them all. Destroy them all. 
Good goodbye, Billy and Mandy <laughs> reference. Gross. But <laughs> what do you call it? Um, he's he's just throwing hucks around and is just like. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. The Supreme Leader's dead. He's like, Are you all? He's like, I'm the Supreme Leader now. And it's, it's, you know, we get it. He's he's emo boy. He has power now. He's the next so, big bad. So then we get to the part where he's like, you know, trying to fight. They're all trying to fight. Finn and um, Finn, Rose, and Poe are in these ships, and they have like these little things and the salt the and skis. yeah, and I like it, it. And this is like a big moment for you know they have like a thing to crack their door, like it's like a basically a battering a battering ram. ram cannon. Yeah. Right. Basically. Very and specific. Finn, and Finn is like going to like try and, you know, ram into it. Well, he point. says, I'm done running. Because Poe says, retreat, let's fight for another day. And that's so interesting how both their arcs put them in different places that yeah, are exactly. in conflict at the end. That's right. actually very interesting because Poe Poe gives off the line. Whoa, whoa wait, we, we're not done yet. But he goes, he tries to crash, and Rose. You. Well, no, no, that, no. That we're there because Poe said retreat. Finn's the only one who does not retreat. Gotcha. Yeah. Got but I was, is, but is that the point where he says we're the spark that's going to burn the first order down? Um. Because no, he says, says that, that back in the cave. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Well, he, I think um, that he says that later with a specific character comes, you know, and Deus es machina. Well, yeah, back over. in back in the cave. But yeah. you know, no, he does say, you know, let's retreat, save our, you know, fight for another day. And Finn is like, I'm done running. Yeah. Yeah. Almost crashes into the thing. Right, Bez is about to fire. Rose stops him, and he's like, "Rose, what are you doing?" And Rose is like, "Finn, you, um, we don't, we don't win by destroying what we hate. We win by protecting what we love." And then kisses him. I don't like the kiss. I could have done don't with like, like friendship. Could have done like without it. the kiss. Yeah, very forced. And then, and Finn's just kind of like, "I'm gay. I, I'm." Just, I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's that's what it was given. It was. Did he say gay or did he say you're not Ray? <laughs> Ray. He just screams Ray's name after she. Ray, Ray. Him. It was nothing, Ray. It was nothing. Oh, it really was nothing. Uh, how I it. wish he was just gay in, in these films. I would love that. But anyway, you can't always get what you want. We can't. But anyway, you know, he drags her. You know body we assume that she's like fatally wounded i don't know how she, i don't know how he made it back to the trenches from we where they well were then we see somebody come in and suddenly luke comes in and has this moment with leia gives her han's dice which he took earlier in the film uh, another thing the force yep. connection yes yep. those dice aren't real though Yes, those dice. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not, that's a I, I know. I'm just saying. It kind Wait, of I thought they were fun. real. They're no, not no, real. They're, they're not, not real. real. They so, disappeared? Yes. yes. So basically. Oh. So it was a joke. Up. It was yeah. a joke. Wait, just. He comes <laughs> out. Ahead, go ahead, go ahead. He comes out. And then he's looking at them. Kylo's like so in, 
infuriated. He's like, aim all those cannons at that man. Shoot him. Shoot him. And then they shoot him. And then Luke is just like, uh. He this is this is great. He's just like come and get me basically. Um More. he um Kylo Ren comes down and has this fight and Luke pulls out a blue lights his blue lightsaber which as as Dr. J's pointed out mm. got destroyed in the throne room. Uh, yeah. Blues. Mm. Interesting. Blues. So it, it and when we saw Luke in this moment, everyone was probably questioning how did Luke get there so fast? How if did he Luke didn't survive have, those blasters? If he if he um if he drowned his X-wing fighter in in the in the, on the planet, how did you know how did he survive the blasters? Is this, is he just giga chatting with the Force right now? I I, like, I think most everyone there watching this bit was like, oh my god, he's he's so op. He's giga chatting everything. I was I was questioning it too. And then you know, Kylo Ren has this is one of the best lightsaber fights in the Star Wars canon. Oh, it's god. one of the best. Oh. It's one of the best. If one of can, the best. Yes, if we can consider. One of the best lightsaber fights to be Obi-Wan versus Darth Maul in Rebels. This is a good lightsaber fight. In Rebels? What? Yeah. You, hello, uh, you know what? That's another thing. If we ever get to Rebels, if you in Rebels, they have such <laughs> the a two good second lights- fight in Rebels? Why are you, wait wait wait? Why are you why do you have, why do you have a problem with that? But you're agreeing saying that this is one of the this is the best fight in the lightsaber fight. You, Grandmaster, you. Huh? Were you paying attention to what Nino was I, saying? Yes, he's saying this is up there with Obi Wan versus Darth Maul. He and said Rebels. this is the best fight in the Star Wars canon. I know. I didn't say the, the best. I said the best lightsaber. The, the best lightsaber fight. No, I said one of the best. You said one. You of said the it best? was up there with no, Obi Wan. You said it's, it's up there. It's up there with, with Obi Wan and Darth Maul and Rebels? Rebels. Yes, that's a good lightsaber fight. Okay, stop saying good. You said it was the best. <laughs> I didn't say it was the best. I you said it was the best. You said the best. Okay, okay, well, I meant to say one of the best. These are one of the best. But you 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 gave a reference point. You said it's up there. Um, I'm with... saying if okay, I'm saying yeah, it's up there because that's one of the best lightsaber fights in Star Wars. There are better lightsaber fights. That fight is two seconds long. In Rebels. Aren't, okay, yes, but fights aren't about they aren't just about, oh, we hit we hit each other, you know, with with lightsabers. Like if you know if not if anything if that was the criteria then Anakin versus Obi Wan would be the best lightsaber fight in the franchise and it's not it is it's not it's not <laughs> on, on Mustafar <laughs> on Mustafar yes on Mustafar. you're losing points you're losing John points. Williams score back in that lava flow oh so you're telling you're telling me that that fight is better than Duel of the Fates. Duel of the Fates from oh, episode one. Wait, you're going all over the place. No, okay, he, okay. you're drawing comparisons between I'm the, drawing the, comparisons. Best, the, the best Star Wars fights. Just say yes. what your number one is. Say what your number one is. Duel of the Fates. Okay. From, from, Where from episode does... one, right? Is that Duel of yes, the Fates? Yes, from episode okay. one. Okay. Where does this fight, Luke and Kylo Ren, rack up to your number one? I put it on number two. <laughs> no. I can't. I can't no. either. I can't. How? How? I How? won't. I How? won't. I won't. Okay. I just won't. But then it's, all you care about is action. You don't care about That's not all I care about. It's not all I care about. Obviously you do. I'm, I'm I feel like fights have some balance. I'm fights have a balance the, between action and theme. 
But, right. But, and the Rebels fight takes two seconds. It's not even a fight. But the build, you know what? We're going to, when we get to Rebels, we're going to talk about it. But this fight, <laughs> this lightsaber fight is showing character work. It's showing two, a conflict between two characters that are handling it in very different ways. Luke never, never raises his lightsaber in attack. Something that he, that he regrets doing in this film to sure. Kylo Ren. Yeah. Right. So he's literally only defending. He's only dodging. He's only defending. And Kylo Ren is trying to go on the offensive. He's also not there. So we're getting there. But anyway, so they basically did. And he's like, oh, got you. I'm not really here. And you see Luke like meditating. <laughs> and he's, he's meditating. And, he's, and then um, he's like, see you around, kid wink after like kylo puts the lightsaber through him and then he disappears and then basically they found a way through the caves finn and ray are reconnected and then they all escape on the millennium falcon and the end that's the oh, end of the movie you forgot the perfect line oh. when he says i am not the last jedi, jedi. you're right i am not Ooh. the last jedi Everything that you said about he he had a flip of the dialogue what he said earlier in the movie to Ray. He's like, it's funny, everything you said about everything you just said was wrong. Yeah. And then he dies. He passes away. He goes into the force because the stress was too much for him of doing I mean that was, that was pretty that's a pretty big feat. Yes. Top to top ten top ten uh force users in, in Star Wars. Luke is number one right now. I mean, I haven't sat down and made a list of force users. Well, Luke's uh, the one. So, anyway, okay. so yeah, that's the last Jedi. So that's the last Jedi. Um, I think, I think that I, I have a like a bunch of stuff here about like the reaction. It was very polarizing. Um, I'm just gonna run through some of these, you know, some of these links very quickly, and then I'm, we're gonna talk about our reaction uh, to the reactions uh, because. Ryan Johnson, like, I think after a month, a month after the movie was out, he was talking about um, subverting uh, expectations with Snoke, with Luke, and uh, Mark Hamill was, like, literally at a showing, and he was like, I w it wasn't my Luke Skywalker, it was Jake Skywalker. Right. Um, and that was a very big thing, and it, I, I will give Ryan Johnson this benefit. Every question that The Force Awakens posed, he gave an answer for in this movie. Every question, like who is Snoke? And Ryan John, this is the answer. Wow, doesn't matter. He's dead. Ren. Yeah, with Knights of Ren. Yeah. Oh, but no okay. Not how, did Maz, how did Maz get the lightsaber? No one cares about Maz Kanata. <laughs> so, so he didn't answer every question. Okay. Who well. was Snoke? It doesn't matter. He's dead. He didn't, answer answer. he didn't answer every question. But he's trying to say he was trying to say it doesn't matter. He's dead now. Kylo uh, Ren is who you should be focused on. Yeah, that's fine, but he didn't answer every question. He did not question. answer every question. Well, some questions. He was too busy subverting my expectations. Some questions don't deserve to be answered. That's okay. a question that doesn't deserve to Okay, be hold on. <laughs> don't contradict yourself. You said it. You said he answered every question. Yeah. He did. Uh, he did. <laughs> anyway, so, and I think people were just soured because they there was a release, like, near the beginning of this movie, like, 
um, of this run where Ryan Johnson was like, hey, I want, I'm going to create my own trilogy. And then that the ending scene where like, oh, what do we do? The hope was still going to hit the little kid. And he's like, oh, yeah, the broom. I'm still enslaved, but I have hope, you know. <laughs> And they're talking, they're like talking about Luke Skywalker and how he stood up to the First Order. I like that part, but it, everyone was like, at at the end of this movie, they're like, Ryan Johnson's just setting up his own movie verse. He doesn't care about this movie. That that's the that's the feeling everyone came in, and then um, people were just defending the movie. Um, people were bashing the movie. I think a little bit unfairly. They were like, "This is not the Star Wars I remember." There's a, a famous Star Wars YouTuber, um, a Star Wars theory. He oh, really? He really hates the Last Jedi. I. He's like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Go, go ahead. What? He he really hates. He's like, I just don't agree that this this is not my Star Wars. Basically, not my Star Wars. Um, but then you know he goes around and cries when Luke comes out in the Mandalorian season two um, finale. Spoilers for anyone listening that hasn't seen Mandalorian. What's but wrong with that? I just think that this movie brought a better Luke than oh, oh Luke coming like Luke coming in and being a badass. That's all. That's all. Okay. You'll probably okay. never hear this, but if he does hear this, no offense to you. I'm Star I just have an opinion. I have an opinion on your opinion. I, I I used to watch his videos uh back I think The Last Jedi actually got me introduced to his uh channel, uh Star Wars Theory. Um I'll definitely say uh my reaction coming out of the movie was a lot different compared to what it was with Force Awakens. I didn't I didn't hate the movie coming out. I knew something was different because I I think I saw it with Grandmaster Hoop with like a group of people to, yeah. to see it. And when we came out of the movie, I don't know what it was, but it was the first time coming out of a Star Wars movie because I, I've only seen two before this, two Star Wars movies in theaters. It was it, in theaters. I got onto the Star Wars train late and it was Re- Revenge of the Sith and Force Awakens. Those were the two. Um, when Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace came out, I I was not on Star Wars yet. Um, so like kids, little kids at that point. Exactly. So Revenge of the Sith, I came out of it like, oh man, that was awesome. Force Awakens, we already talked about it in the Force Awakens uh, pod. I we came out of it saying, oh yeah, it was was pretty good. It, it was just it was just a new hope, but it, it was fine. It was fine. Uh, but with this one, it was the first time I came out of a Star Wars movie. That being the third time, uh, where I was like. I don't know how I feel about this. This is uh this is weird. I don't know. Am I the only one? And I remember the first thing Grandmaster Hoop said. <laughs> he said, "What the hell is up with that casino scene?" <laughs> he hated the casino scene from day one. Uh, I, I I just just a, a core memory I associate with the movie. Um, but yeah, over time I I just started realizing some of the things I just didn't agree with ryan johnson's direction like with certain characters um and i don't know like it for a time i considered it the worst star wars movie um i i i I did i did i thought it was and mind you this was before rise of skywalker came out this was like this was the newest star wars movie so i was like man this it can't get any worse than this (laughs) And, oh my God! JJ said, "Hold, hold, 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 my, hold my, hold my blue milk, hold uh, my blue milk." I, I, I think that I think it's a lot to be said that 
I don't think Star Wars fans um, deserve anything. Just they plain don't. and simple. They really don't. They have bullied two. They bullied Daisy Ridley. They were racist to John Boyega. They were racist and bullying to um, Kelly. The, the actor, yes, um, Kelly Marie Tran. Um, they got her off social media. And yeah. and you know what? It's for people to be like, we weren't always like this. Yes, you were. Um, Jake Lloyd, anybody? Jake Lloyd? Hmm? Hmm? Oh, Ahmad Best? Who, who, who is Jake yeah. Lloyd again? Jake, Jake Lloyd, Lloyd is Anakin and Phantom Menace. Yeah. And oh, Ahmad oh, Best oh, was right, right, Jar Jar, right? The kid, the kid, the kid, yeah, Ahmad yeah. Best is Jar Jar. So, he has a whole documentary on his hate that he received. Wow. Yes, he almost, he almost um, unfortunately committed suicide because... Of the bullying he received, he did commit Georgia. suicide. No, he no, almost. almost. Oh, oh, oh. Because okay. he's thankfully still alive, and I hopefully, you know, still working and still, you know, living yeah. a good life. But my God, man. Star Star Wars fans do not deserve anything. Um, and I, I will go on the record saying this: uh, I feel like this movie got unfairly judged um, by a lot of things because people wanted a power fantasy. I think people wanted to be like yeah Luke is finally gonna be a badass and he's gonna you know save everything he's gonna make two star destroyers collide into each other and then it blows up and then he cuts a piece with his lightsaber that falls on him and he's like that's just the force oh, wink to the camera that that's what people wanted from this movie that that's what they wanted they wanted like epic like power fantasy and instead they got a very contemplative film about the nature of the force uh what happens when you don't take a side in war and like the repercussions of being in a war that's what they got and people didn't like that they also got like messy storytelling but you know i'm gonna i'm gonna say this yeah i uh as dr j said i think when the movie when the credits started rolling i think a lot of people were just kind of what did we just watch kind of thing there were some things that are good some things that were eh, and some things that were just like oh no this did not work Rewatching this movie i just think i i, I might have just it, this movie was kind of boring to me i think this movie is just really stagnant at points uh you know the whole paul uh the the, the resistance fleeing from the the first order that's like a good chunk of the movie uh ray and luke's interactions really amounted to nothing i don't think she learned anything she learned how to feel uh and she didn't she doesn't really learn anything she's an expert uh lightsaber wielder now uh, sure and then finn's story again as we talked about wasn't even necessary if holdo had just told the the thing um i find this movie to be the most like the most like engaging in the very beginning the opening sequence the final climax and everything else in between is just i think relatively boring uh just and i and i and uh, you know we can talk for days about thematically a lot of the themes do work but that's yeah, what I was getting ideas. at earlier. I like the ideas Ryan Johnson presents in the movie. It's just... It's the execution. The, yeah, it, it's the execution for me. I, I would have loved... Because, see, that's the thing. He's, he's getting one movie that's the middle child between the introduction and the conclusion. 
and he has to make those connections and leave enough room for interpretation for the finale. I think I would have liked a Ryan Johnson trilogy where he has full control from beginning to end of what type of story he wants to tell. I think he I think he could have done it. I, I know it's not canceled or anything, but it's like in limbo. It's like in, it's yeah, it's yeah. not Ooh, a, lot, a lot yeah. of Star Wars films are in limbo. And right. it's because of really this move, this movie, and um, and it sucks because I'm like, oh man, you really, you guys really went with three different directors for for each film, and I feel like uh, each of these movies was more or less a knee jerk reaction from Disney and how they thought, oh well, the fans want this, so we need to do this. So like for example, uh, when they 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 bought Disney, um, I, I'm sorry, Disney bought Star Wars, right? Their knee jerk reaction was prequels bad prequels bad let's make a sequel trilogy and reference a lot of the original trilogy people are gonna love that they did it to a fault and ended up retelling a new hope again through force awakens they got criticized for it so then they're like okay knee-jerk reaction let's make the last jedi so different so different that it can't be compared to any other star wars film that we've previously done then you get the result of it being polarized. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Knee-jerk reaction. Like, oh, man, not everyone's on board. Disney's like, bring JJ back. Bring him back. We got to fix it. Everyone loved the first one. Let's wrap it up nice and clean for the There's third damage one. Control. And it, they were originally going to go with a different like, with a different director. Yeah, it was Colin. Uh, Colin Trevorrow. Colin yeah. Trevorrow, right. Yeah. And, and the, 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 the stuff that he had planned for the final movie, I was like, where is this? I saw but, the concept you know, art. It looked it but, looked nice. It looked really and cool. And see, that's part of the problem is that they originally it was the these three directors always. That was the original plan. Right. And but it was like none of them are in the writing room together. And that's not okay. George Lucas they, yeah. did not direct Empire Strikes Back nor Return of the Jedi, but he's in the writing room for all three. Like making sure uh, everything's okay. Yeah. Right. And that was a major flaw in the design. Like yeah. consistent writing is not here. And it's going to show when we talk about Rise of Skywalker, we can literally pinpoint things yeah. that are, are almost a direct jab at Ryan Johnson. You know, uh, we even talk about it here, you know, like Snoke's like, take that damn helmet off. Yes. you know the obsession yeah. with darth vader like gone but, but at the same at the same time ryan johnson was also trying to get um kylo ren or the the actor out of the helmet um sure yeah no i because, get that because you know when you have a helmet on somebody it, it really it, it's a lot of acting that that's not facial and that's well, hard on film let me tell you the big difference here is darth vader is voiced by james earl jones you're right Give me someone who can match because no, that's not no one, that's no not one, Adam no. Driver's voice. James Earl Jones is a is a centennial voice. You don't exactly. So wait, that's not Adam Driver's voice. That is Adam Driver's I mean, it voice. is, but it's oh. like distorted. Oh, it's it's right, it's, right, yeah. it's it's um what do you call it? Um, Ben Affleck's Batman voice when he's Batman. Oh, the, oh, the voice. Yeah. Thing. Uh, that's basically what it is. Yeah. Either way, it's it's no James Earl Jones. So it's like, why why are we trying to do this? You know. Why are we doing this? <laughs> yep. uh, it's it's not needed. Um, that's that's the only one that first came to mind. Or you know, just the whole brace, not worrying about your parents. Snoke is irrelevant. Uh, all that stuff that JJ tried to set up and then just 
he was like subvert 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 i think uh, it was to a fault uh it, it might have been to a fault because he's he's done other subversions of expectations in other like in his other movies like after like glass onion and um knives out have yeah. both been very big subversions on looper mystery. too goodness yeah Oh yeah, yeah. Looper, huh? yeah. Well, Looper. I'm talking about after. I'm talking yeah, about yeah. After. Post, oh, post oh, okay. yeah, sure. So it's it seems that he's definitely like used this as a growing opportunity, um, and when he has like a good amount of creative control and and not limited to like Star Wars, I think he does a good job. I hope we see something soon from him and Star Wars together. Um, I hope Dave, um, DB Weiss, and David Benioff stay away from Star Wars. Oh God, please don't um, bring them back. I can't. Don't. If we, if we, everything that we complain about this series, that series would be terrible. Right, right. Their involvement <laughs> with Star Wars would. God, please. I no. just want Filoni and crew, and that might be bad for me to say, but in Filoni and Favreau, I trust. They, they, it must grow. It must grow. Granted, the folks at Andor are doing good things. Still haven't watched it, but uh, yeah, yeah, I no, I get it. No, we do have to grow. So and I do give this film points for trying to break the narrative cliches of Star Wars. Um, you know, I, I applaud their efforts. Did it all work? No, um, but I see what they were doing, and you know, as we talked, I think Poe had a good character arc here. I think he probably had the strongest character arc here. Shoot, you know, we said let's split this into three storylines. I think Kylo Ren had a good arc here, honestly, as well. Please um, join me. Well, join yeah, me, he just kind of, you are a stupid boy who barely could kill Han Solo. And yeah, then, you know, split you down the middle. Yeah, yeah I, thought, I thought Kylo Ren was actually a lot more interesting to watch. This time Every, around, I, I think everyone is a lot more interesting just because they're actual characters in this movie. Like, good for better or for worse, everyone is treated like an actual character. I don't like Ray. Still don't like Ray. I, I liked like. no, I liked Ray in this film. She yeah. was she was a, not as strong as other parts of the film, but I think she, like, she was good. Ray might she, be my least favorite character in the sequel trilogy. Oh, Rose, yeah, I not... I like Rose a hundred times better than Ray in this film. I even um, like Haldo. Haldo and Leia having this little old lady moment, being like, "I like him." I know. Old. Uh, <laughs> like it was like funny. It's like she's like in complete opposition to him, but she's like, "I like his spirit." You yeah, know? when he's unconscious, <laughs> like he, so he can't hear. I it. like his spirit when right. you know when he's knocked down. Oh, okay. And let me say this right now, and you said it earlier. That Leia force scene is dumb. Dumb. Oh yeah, not a fan. Not not, not a, a fan. fan. I can't one bit. And I rewatched it. You mean to tell me she doesn't get blown to bits? I guess it hit and she got sucked out. Fine, she got sucked out. Fine. She should have been dead. She should have been dead. She should have been dead. If and it's not the shrapnel, the vacuum of space, like I, I can't. Now you want to talk about you want you you brought up also it. like the the new things that the force can do. This ain't it. I like. No. What, with Leia? This? Yeah, oh, I can't okay. buy it. I cannot buy it. Okay. Again, this is probably going back to your critique of there's like 30 years. Oh, you cut off a little bit. Oh, uh, this is probably going back to your critique of saying that there's like 30 years of storytelling that we're missing 
from this, you know, from these characters. I mean, I don't buy it if Luke does it either. I I think All right. I, I buy I, I I buy this scene if Leia just says something along the lines of it, it's it, it's a trick that I learned from my brother. <sighs> like afterwards, I don't know. Just give me something. I don't buy Leia just pulling it out of nowhere and then obviously not dying from it, but then also just doing well, it without. And, and that's the other thing. I don't see a purpose to it if she was just going to live from it. Why even kind of set it up like that? I, I love the scene. it subverts your expectations. I love the scene between Kylo and Leia clearly having a connection. Oh, I like and that one. That yeah, good. and then he, yeah. then he doesn't do it. I love that bit. That could have been it. That could have been fine. Kill Akbar. She escapes. <laughs> Nobody cared about Akbar to begin with. I love Akbar. What do you mean no one cared about? Everyone loved Akbar. <laughs> but Ryan Johnson did not care about Akbar. So you got, we haven't even talked about the Porgs. Oh, the Porgs. The Porgs were cute. I like the they Porgs. Sold, they sold merchandise. They sold. Yeah, they they were they were created for merchandise, but it was. They're a nice new little cute alien, I guess. To... Shout out to John Luke. He loves porgs. Does he? He, he likes does. porgs. He has one. He has one in his that, car. That moment where Chewie's uh, cooking a Eating porg. His... And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and one's looking at him all funny. So he doesn't eat the, the cooked one. So it's like, damn, you're just going to throw it away now? It's already Those dead. Awkward scene. What about, awkward. what about the porgs that are nesting in the Millennium Falcon? We don't hear right. from them again. We don't. Good. They're Goodbye. pivotal to the store. Wow. Nor wow. do we get to see the caretakers of Ankh. I don't even know the name of this planet. Ankh 2. Ankh 2. The who? Uh, two. The caretakers. The ones the that look like ladies. Abbey nuns. Oh, oh, they look like oh, Abbey the ones nuns. that were living on the island with Luke. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, they just kind of stay there. I guess they... Um, I guess they just clean up Luke's mess that he left behind. Uh, and... And that's it. Luke's dead. He's gone. His, his his little dice thing was a joke. That also disappeared as well. It was a projection. Um, not sure how he gave Leia a kiss on her forehead if he's a projection. Force. It's he could force. He, he used the force to like physically manifest himself there. But once he broke the connection, it all went away. I see. He, yep, that was that. his stand version, Doctor Jace. That's that a better way of putting it. That was his force stand. <laughs> of course, Ryan Johnson's a JoJo fanatic. I forgot. He could be. You never know. He could. He could. He could. But um, I will say, this is not my least favorite Star Wars film. I'll say that much. Yeah, definitely not. Like I, I'll admit, when I first saw the movie, and like it was the most recent Star Wars piece of media, I I despise this movie. I thought it was. When, when it was the newest when it was the newest film and again i had only seen it once in theaters and i'm like you know what looking back yeah this this sucked i hate this movie <laughs> um and i i i had a whole laundry list of things like you know uh, this character doing this makes no sense uh, admiral holdo makes no sense luke doing this makes no sense i think now with call it hindsight now with the rise of skywalker <laughs> out and about and now i see how bad the films can get then I, in retrospect i'm looking back at last jedi like it's that meme from uh um uh avengers with thanos perhaps i treated you too harshly <laughs> <laughs> and, and, then and, this, I feel, and 
Disney is the Thor. Um, what do you call it? Slicing off our heads for saying that. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. I, I still have a lot of problems with it. I don't despise it as much as I did before. It's still not one of my favorite Star Wars movies, but maybe that's because there is more yet to come that is more insulting than e either of these movies did. Um, I'm actually looking forward to that one. Uh, that one's going to be fun. Oh, I am not. I have not watched You're that. You're not? It's what? theaters. I have not watched it a second time. Same with this one. I, I haven't yeah. seen this one since the theaters. This last is probably day. like my third or fourth time watching this actually, one. Actually, you know think. what? I think all these movies, the, the entire sequel trilogy, the last time I saw them was in theaters, and I rewatched them again for the pod. So that's good. Mm. I don't know. I I, I, I just want a, a re- They fly now? They fly now. Goodbye. Oh my god. Oh god. Oh, I'm not ready. <laughs> no, ready. I'm not ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me stop. Let me not get ahead. Um, right. But yeah, that's the, that was the last Jedi retrospective. That was the last Jedi retrospective. Um, I think it was fun revisiting uh Ryan Johnson's take on Star Wars. And again, I I I think if you give him full control, beginning to end. He could probably do something pretty neat with oh, the Star absolutely. Wars uh, absolutely. trilogy. Yeah, full creative control. Don't give him constraints or anything. Just let him do what he wants. It doesn't even have to involve Jedi or anything that maybe he's not familiar with. Just give him let, his own sandbox. Let him do it exactly. Kind of like how they gave John Favreau and Dave Filoni with Mandalorian. They're like, hey, you got this period after Return of the Jedi and before the sequel trilogy. Do whatever the hell you want with it. Go ahead, have fun. Let Ryan do that. And, and, and it, it doesn't even have to be movies. It could be a show. Give him a show. Give him a show. Shoot, I might be more inclined for a show. Yeah. And, and I think now um, with the success of Mandalorian, they I don't know if it was Kathleen Kennedy or someone else at Disney, they they were saying that this this seems to be the future of Star Wars for now, the foreseeable future. This this expanded universe told through Disney Plus uh, you know, series, live action and cartoons. So we may never see a movie for Ryan Johnson, but but maybe that might transition into a series. So, but uh, but yeah, th those are our thoughts on the Last Jedi retrospective. Uh, let us know what you all think. Are are you guys that are listening this far in <laughs> still have this disdain? If you even had it for the Last Jedi, or did you come to warm up to it? Were you one of those stands from day one that was like, no, Last Jedi is the best Star Wars movie? Um, or did you grow to love it? Let us know what you think down in the comments below, wherever you're listening to us on, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at the Yonko Table. I think that wraps up The Last Jedi here. I'm your Yonko host, Dr. Jace Attorney, fellow Yonko Grandmaster Hoop, and Supernova Nino for leading the charge on the Last Jedi retrospective. How, how do you want to close this? How do you want to close this one? Do you, you, you want to? Gotta... Last time we used prequel quotes. quotes. We got to use our best quotes from this movie. I'll from start. this movie. I already used. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, I don't know, whatever Benicio the Toro says. You're going today and you win tomorrow. That's what he says. Woohoo. I'll just use mine. That bring it, Chrome Dome. <laughs> <laughs> Last uh, one. Come on, wrap it up. Uh
this is not going to go the way you think. <laughs>